Welcome to the Sparky Life Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Lamella, and here we create the sparks in our lives. Join me on this electrical journey where I highlight skilled trade tales and construction career opportunities with those I've met along the way. Thank you for joining for Trade Tales Continued. Miss Mini Split puts the cute and confident in construction careers. Today's guest, Rachel Somalier, started in HVAC a decade ago. Her story is an example of discovering opportunities even when they appear hard to find. For Rachel, size does matter. Big things can come in small packages. From day one on her skilled trade journey, she has been proving her prowess from taking on a DIY project in order to get the attention of a CEO that kept blowing her off to inevitably building her own successful business. Rachel shares how her go-getter attitude and humble beginnings got her to where she is today. Welcome with me, Rachel Somalia. Hi. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Good. Thank you. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you so much for coming on The Sparky Life. Of course. I'm yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. Can you tell me about your background, how you got into skilled trades? I mean, I would love to share the long story. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's hear it. Uh, basically, I was a terrible waitress. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in college. I had been in college for uh, seven years and I was just over it. I was in a relationship where it was like super dysfunctional. And um, I was like, you know what, F it, I'm gonna just do what I want. I left that person and he was in construction and he had been kind of like teaching me a little bit of electrical and stuff. Yeah, but he didn't want me to work in construction. So I was like, but I always wanted to. So that's when I decided to, that that's what I was gonna do. And I dropped out of college and um, I applied to every, every job on Craigslist that was no experience required and probably a hundred jobs I applied to. Nobody called me back. One, one company eventually called me back. It was like uh, refinishing um, countertops, basically painting. Okay. And I went into the interview. I thought it went really well. He really liked me and, uh, but he never called me back and I kept pestering them. Mm -hmm. it, it was weird because they kept saying, oh, we're going to call you. We're going to call you to let you know. And then they would never call me. And then I would uh, call back. But anyway, they're like, no, finally, like, no, just stop, stop. And then um, so I went out to Home Depot and I bought a uh, refinishing kit for $50. And it was like my last $50, too. I traded a uh, like little wrench set that I found in the garage um, for uh, a sink that I found on Craigslist. And I like I got the sink and it was. It was heavy too. That sink had to have been like a hundred pounds because it was cast iron. But anyway, I watched the YouTube video. I read the instructions. I masked it off. I refinished the sink and it turned out pretty terrible, but I, I took pictures and I sent it to the hiring manager. He just liked the initiative. So he hired me. And later he told me that he didn't hire me because he thought I was too small. <sighs> so interesting. Wow. Okay. So he, he divulged why he was so hesitant yeah so then how tall and and what's your size <laughs> uh 
I'm 5'2", and um, yeah, I'm about 105 to 110 normally. So he was intimidated by your size, thinking that you couldn't handle the workload and, and what's involved in that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome of him that he told you his like prejudice because he prejudged that because of your size, you wouldn't be able to. Right. And kudos for you persistently knocking down the door and then going out and actually producing and sending it to him. That's clever. That's very, very clever. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, and if only he knew what I do now. Yeah, <laughs> what do you do now? Lifting condensers, you know, and <laughs> hauling all the tanks and everything that we, there's so much more, the, the tools and equipment in HVAC is, you know, way, way more intense than we're finishing. Yes, yes, for sure, I, I agree. <laughs> so, but you started there, and then what got you into the HVAC? Okay, so that job was just too um, mundane for me. It was like literally the same exact thing over and over and over, almost like an assembly line. So I was uh, uh, looking for another job and my friend my friend uh, worked for an HVAC company and he said they were hiring. So I applied and that refinishing job was like the first time I'd ever used a drill. It was the first time I ever used a box cutter or anything, right? So, and I had only been doing it for maybe like three months before I decided to get, move on to something else. So I, I was talking to this HVAC guy, um, the, own, the owner, and I said something along the lines of, I have no idea what HVAC is. I have no idea what it takes to be good at that job. So I really can't tell you, oh yeah, hire me. I'm going to be really good at it or that I have a lot of potential because I have no idea. I might suck at it, but I can promise you this. I'll be there every single day on time. I don't drink, I don't do any drugs, and uh, I'm going to do my best every single day. And he's like, well, yeah, 70, uh, showing up 70% of the job, that was uh, in 2015. Wow. And you had a wonderful experience with them? Did you stay with them? I did, yeah. I wish I could have stayed with him longer. He, he did HVAC and refrigeration, and I was literally under his wing and sometimes quite literally under his arm like, <laughs> you know, working. he started me on install service and refrigeration i got to see it all every single day but then my grandma was getting older and sicker and i wanted to be by my family i was really far from my family for this job mm. so i decided to leave there and um and go stay with my grandma and i ended up getting getting a different a job with a different company I wish I could have stayed with him. It just didn't feel like the right thing to do. I never got that kind of mentorship. After that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since then, all my HVAC jobs have just been thrown in the fire like everybody else has been. And what do you, what do you think about that? Because I hear all the times, especially from men, uh, that's how I learned, you know, throw them in the deep end of the pool, sink or swim. But do you really think that's setting someone up for success? Have you had good experiences being thrown in? Do you think it should be a mixture of both? Like, what's your opinion on this? No, I think that that is the worst way to learn something. And I never never in in all the all all these years where i was working for companies and i would watch guys come in and they just throw them out into the install or just throw them out into the service and that's that's a way to set up your company and the and the techs for failure 
I mean, I can't think of a worse way. Um, you need to have that that mentorship, somebody showing you what to do, at least for at least for a good year or so, really. And especially with electrical, I mean, our job is is nine eighty percent electrical, right? Well, you need to understand electrical theory and like understand why uh, it's zero zero volts across the switch. You know, it could be because there is power. It could be because there's no power. Right. And and uh, you need to understand why. And you, you don't figure that out just by going out there. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with you. I happen to be of the school of thought that this sink or swim mentality is actually directly against what apprenticeship was intended to be. And that in the Renaissance age, during the golden age, one of the reasons it was the golden age is because that's when apprenticeship came into play. Right. And it's about exactly what you said, having that mentorship, having that, having somebody guide you, train you, help identify where your strengths are, where your weaknesses is, and kind of take you under their wing. I mean, it's, one thing to let them swim in this deep end when you're standing there watching them, but right. to just like walk away from the pool. <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. So you had this great mentor experience. That was your foundation. Unfortunately, for other reasons, you needed to move forward with another company. So where are you now? Like many HVAC people, I bounced around from company to company until I found the right one. I never found the right one. <laughs> I'm self-employed now, so. Oh, oh, there you go. You found it. You're your own yeah. boss. That's the <laughs> yeah, way to do it. it. I yeah. had to make my own, yeah. Exactly. That's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. And now you're in a position where other HVAC techs have a great company to work for if you so choose to take on employees because right. now you've built that environment you've created that yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome so when you decided to go into business on your own what was that like it was only a little bit scary but i knew since i was even a little little girl maybe five years old that I wanted to be a business owner one day. And I knew that all through college. And I just, I knew it was going to be okay because partly because I would always say to myself, there are so many people out there who are such horrible people. They are not intelligent. They are, they just generally suck. <laughs> They're successful. They own businesses. These people who are total idiots are managers, business owners, and I'm smart and I'm a nice person, so I can do it. Yes. Yes. I love that. And you did. Yeah. And when I did make that, uh, that switch also, uh, you know, I was, I had a lot of people asking me for side work um, and I was getting so much requests for side work that I was like, if I stop working for a company, I know that there will be enough work, even though I don't have anything lined up, and even right. though it's uncertain, I know that there's a demand out there and I'll be able to find it. And worse comes worse, I could always just go back to working for a company. No big deal. Right. That's a great point. I think it's absolutely wonderful that you went into business yourself. 
I wish more women would consider that the type of freedom that that brings the type of confidence that that brings. And I did a poll in one of our communities in uh, a Facebook group regarding women in skill trade. And I asked them, would you like to start your own business? A, no, I like being an employee. B, yes, but I don't know where to start. Or C, already doing it. And I can't tell you the number of women that decided being an employee was better. I was so disappointed. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I was jaw dropped. Like, on one hand, you're telling me you don't like the way you're being treated at work. You want freedom, you want financial freedom, you want the time to be able to spend with your family and your kids, but you rather be an employee because you don't want to take on the liability or the responsibility. You have to understand what each position will bring. And if you're an employee, you're never going to own your own time. You're never going to have financial freedom and you are going to be subject to whatever environment that employer puts you in. Right. I think it's fucking fantastic that you're a business owner, that you love it, that you own it, that you did this. And I want to tell you how brave you are because so many women have this mindset that being an employee is somehow better than being a business owner. I mean, I don't know about other trades. I really don't know what it's like to be an owner of other trades, but in HVAC, I only need to work, do one or two jobs a month to be able to make the same wages I was making as a full-time employee. Are you hearing that, ladies? Are you listening? (laughs) And can you give us a range, estimated salary range of what that looks like? Well, as an employee, I um, I was making between twenty five to thirty five an hour, which it comes to about four thousand to what six thousand or something like that a month. Right. Yes. And I might make that in one week as a business owner. Yeah. That's incredible. And you're you're a one woman show. Is that correct? It's just right. you. Yeah. yeah. See, I I think this is another important point to make that when people think of being a business owner, they think of giant corporations and these like billionaires. It doesn't have to look like that. Owning your own business has many different faces, many different structures to it. You can be a one woman show and be extremely successful. Yeah, I know. I know a person who's who's just himself and I think he has a helper or two and he probably makes about five to $10,000 a week. That's fantastic. There's just so much opportunity in skilled trade. You can really build the life that you want for yourself. Yeah. I never have to worry about being able to pay a bill because all you have to do is, is get a job and it's, it's easy to get a job. Yeah, definitely. Especially with all the labor deficits that's going on. I mean, now is our time. As an as a business owner, yeah, it's easy to get a project, and that's all you all you need to be able to make some money. You know, you don't have to be like, oh, I need to make two thousand dollars. That's going to take me six months to be able to save that because I'm an employee. You know, right? So 
what would you tell women who are interested in starting their own business? What's something that you discovered through your journey that you wish you knew before? Um, well, one thing that I, that I would tell people just in general, in my state in California, it really benefited me to take the contractor's license school uh, before I went in to get my license because here you don't have to go to school to get your license. You just go in, you just apply and submit the application and then you take a test. No education required, but you can go to a contractor's school for a week and it was only $700 and I didn't want to do it. I was like, no, I'll just go in and take the test. And if I fail, I can take it again. But everybody was like, uh, all my friends were like, who are contractors were like, no, 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 don't do that. Just go to the school. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And yeah, so going to the school to get my contractor's license was definitely one of the best decisions I made as far as going that route, doing your your research and, and education about how you want to incorporate. I, I elected for an S Corp. Oh, great. Yeah. And, um, but you really, it's going to vary by state. Right. what the requirements are and, and what is going to be the best thing for you. For California, I didn't know that if you're an LLC, I would have been required to pay an additional $4,500 a year uh, if for the same business. So that's why I went with the S-Corp. That's fantastic. That's fantastic that you did the research and that you investigated your best options. What's the name of your company? California Mechanical Testing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it's it. It's actually, I mean, I do regular HVAC. I miss mini split, but my corporation is really to, I made it to serve a very niche part of the HVAC field. I um, test commercial HVAC equipment um, for Title 24 requirements. Uh, it's basically like, kind of like a HERS test, if anybody's familiar with that, but for like the thermostat and outdoor air and economizers and a bunch of other things. When uh, they're trying to pull permits, or whatever, you have to have this like form signed off by a certified company. So that's what my company does. That's wonderful. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's great. Okay. So can you think back to one of the funniest moments in your career with all the women I've spoken to, with all the men I've spoken to in skill trades, we all have got great stories. <laughs> Can you think of one of the funniest things that occurred on the job? In general, it's really funny to watch people learn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I don't know, one of the things that, that I look back on and laugh about sometimes is uh, one time I had this helper who uh, was very green to um, construction in general, which I knew as soon as I hired him, when he started talking about how he wasn't very green and <laughs> had all this experience. And I was like, oh, okay, so you know zero. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I had him uh, read read off a tape measure to me, and it was in inches. And he was like, oh, 7.4 feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how much 
you excel in math when you use a tape measure every day. <laughs> yeah. Now you have this amazing, successful business. Talk to me about mini split. Mini splits. Um, well, so in a, in a traditional HVAC system, you have your outside, your outside unit, right? That big square uh, cube that goes outside. And then inside the house, sometimes in a closet or an attic, you have your, uh, what's, it's either a furnace or an air handler, basically something that moves the air through the duct system, right? Um, well, a mini split is essentially the same thing, except that in the indoor unit, it can be ducted. It, you can have a mini split that is in an attic that has ducts that go out to it. That's called a ducted mini split. But then you have the ductless mini splits where the um, indoor unit sits on the wall or in the ceiling somewhere, and it just blows the air directly out of the equipment into the room, no ducts. Um, so that's basically what a mini split is. Same exact thing, just shaped different. Mini splits have been growing um, in popularity in general in the United States and, um, well, I guess everywhere uh, globally. Um, so people have just been calling me for them. Miss Mini Split was honestly just something that I made up. I thought it was, it sounded good. It does. It's so cute. <laughs> I, I only want to work on mini splits right now. I just want the easy jobs because I just had two kids. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just came up with that name because I've been doing a lot of mini splits. That's really kind of what I want to focus on right now until until I get back into doing, you know, the mechanical testing. I love that. With all your experience, with everything you've learned along your journey, what tool is in your tool belt? What's something that you carry with you in the back of your mind that has helped you become so successful? Oh, I have to say humility. Oh, wow. That's great. I think that being humble has been a theme of my life in general. And be, being humble is part of allowing yourself to learn. It's also really key in forming healthy relationships with other people. And so I, I think that it's just like um, kind of a key characteristic to being successful. Personal benefit comes from being humble, then forgetting where you come from and the amount of learning and dedication to get where you are and that there's always so much more to learn. There's always a master of a master. Yeah. For all of the listeners out there, where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you? Yeah, I like to uh, promote my my Instagram, Miss Mini Split. Um, that's where I post all my funny videos. Um, this is kind of like the more personal side of me. I do have a website for mechanical testing, calimech.com. It's just information about what my mechanical testing company does. That's great. That's wonderful. We need more women like you being seen to help other women believe in themselves. They just, yeah. they, they're so, we're so isolated and we don't have the same type of tribal units that we did. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why women haven't been able to achieve some of the things that I think we're capable of. Yeah, we don't really have a lot of support just in general, really. Right. I, whether it's skilled trades or not, I feel like women are often 
pitted against each other. And that's not how we were built to be. We were built to be tribal. We were built right. to be supportive of one another when one of us would be pregnant. It's like all of the other women would come out of the huts and like help her. And we were yeah. way more in tuned with one another, sisterhood. And somewhere along the way, we lost that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us. If you felt a spark in today's episode, I invite you to write a review. I'd love to hear what lit you up. Take what resonates with you. And if you'd like to hear more of The Sparky Life, please subscribe, like, follow, and share. Until next time, create the sparks in your life.